Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey, it's Friday, March 10, although we are recording this on Thursday the 9th, as you'll see by the clock behind me. Welcome to Elijah Streams. We're very excited to bring Laura Trump. And we only have a 30-minute window on this one, so we're going to get right to it. I don't think we have any other announcements. So without any further delay, let's bring in Prophets and Patriots with Laura Trump. Laura Trump, welcome Hello. to Elijah Streams. It's about time we got you on oh. this show. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I'm sorry it took so long, but sometimes you save the best for last, Steve. So uh, that's the way it is. I know we had Eric, but I said, no, really who we want is Laura. So <laughs> I won't have... tell him you said that, but no, uh, I'll accept him. it. That's good. Well, I wanted to spend this show mostly getting to know you because people want to know about you. We're going to talk about Trump here and there, of course, uh, and some issues. But I want to get people to get to know you. I got a taste of that, of uh, getting to know you when I was watching your program the other day with Q&A and people asking you. So I found out that you and I are the same. We both do not like pecan pie. You say pecan pie. <laughs> and we both love pumpkin soap pie. So yeah. We got, we're connected right now already. So. I love it. We're in good shape. Where are you from though? That you, you call it a pecan. Pecan is all I've ever heard on the West coast. Is oh, that, see, it, Cause I'm from, from North Carolina and in North Carolina, we see pecan. Yeah. That's what I yeah. heard you say. And I thought, Oh, yeah. I, I have heard that, but I thought, Oh, they're mispronouncing <laughs> it. And, but with, if Laura Trump says it, it's pecan. It must, so. Yeah, it must be pecan. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> why don't you start off by telling us, I understand that you had an interesting story about how you and Eric met uh, and got married. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Sure. I, it's, I mean, I, by all accounts, I shouldn't be where I am. I, I mean, nothing in my life could have ever prepared me to enter a family like the Trump family to be part of a first family. I grew up in southeastern North Carolina, as I just said, Wilmington is the kind of larger city there. Um, I grew up on the beach. My parents were small business owners. Um, I went to public school my whole life. I went to North Carolina State for college. And um, I decided to move to New York in 2008 because, you know, like I think a lot of people at the time, I had done all the things I felt like I was supposed to do. I'd gone to college. I graduated with honors. I felt like, well, shouldn't there be a job kind of ready to go for me when I graduated? And unfortunately, the uh, economy was not great at that time. Jobs were not plentiful. And I had a really hard time. So I was a waitress. I was a bartender. Um, it wasn't just AOC doing those jobs. I did wow. them as well. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I ended up moving to New York actually to go to culinary school, of really? all things. Yes, in 2008. So among other things, I'm also technically a pastry chef. Wow. Um, and it was just kind of, I guess, kismet in a way, the way that Eric and I met. We were both out in New York City one night and I am five foot 11 and with heels on probably closer to like six, two, wow. uh, six, three, perhaps. And I looked across this room and he was the tallest guy in the room and actually <laughs> taller than I was in heels. And I said, this could work out. And that was our <laughs> first meeting. And I had no idea, by the way, that an Eric Trump even existed. Um, I know I'd heard of Ivanka in like teen magazine or something and certainly Donald Trump but didn't know Eric existed or who he was uh, for that night for sure. Wow. You guys make a great couple. Hey, we had a picture of that. Uh, uh, Emily, if you're hearing me show that wedding shot that we got off of your site, I think. Oh yeah. Was. There you go. <laughs> there you know, I am. One, 
What year was that? If that was 2014, so oh. like just before uh, November 8th, by the way, of 2014. And if you recall, election day in 2016 was November 8th as well. So that was oh our two-year wedding anniversary. And I know, so, kind of crazy. Well, like it was so. It was like the next year after that that uh, President Trump, not then, not President Donald Trump. Went down yeah. the escalator, right? Like, like six, seven months later in June wow. of 2015. So we had a nice run of like seven months of just kind of normalcy. And then it, all bets were off after that. It was totally did, wild. Did the Trump family, the kids, including you, I mean, all the, the married kids, everyone, did they know that day was coming mm-hmm. when Trump would come down uh, the escalator? Did they know that was coming like a year before? Or what, what did you well, all know? You know, I think we had heard a lot of kind of grumblings from my father-in-law about his frustrations with the direction of the country leading up to that. I mean, it was several years in the making, I think. And actually, so many people look back to that Oprah interview in the 80s, I think it was. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Where where she asked him, would you ever run for president? And he said, only if things got so bad that I felt like I had no other choice. Well, I kind of feel like we approached that space in the years leading up to 2015 and leading up to his announcement. We kind of heard about it, but it wasn't until actually like the week before. Really? Um, that, yeah, that we all sat down. And and that's when it really, really became official. And he asked all of us, you know, to give him his, his give for us to give him our thoughts. And he was very clear that it wasn't going to be easy, that they were going to come after all of us, that we weren't it wasn't just him doing it. It was our entire family wow. that would be involved. And I mean, what foresight he had to know that in order to do the great things he did and to do things properly, you really have to shake up the system and they would really come after him and all of us. Um, of course, we were sort of blissfully unaware of just how crazy no, you had no that idea, was right? all going to be. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's very interesting. I want to talk in a minute about uh, dogs and you, because we're a dog family, so I can't wait <laughs> yeah. to hear that. But, but uh, my daughter had a horse for a number of years, and we trained her to ride. Talk about uh, horses and you. Oh, I mean, I've loved horses from my earliest memory, and I've been an avid equestrian my whole life. Uh, turns out, as you probably know, Steve, riding horses is very expensive. So oh, when yeah. I was a kid, I, on every single Christmas list I ever made and birthday list, at the top, it would say horse, and then I would put real horse or real pony. <laughs> I never actually ended up getting that real horse, but I've ridden horses my whole life. And actually, the wedding picture of me that you showed, what you don't see in that wedding picture is that three weeks prior to our wedding, I had a fall off my horse in an equestrian oh, no. accident and broke both of my wrists. Oh, so no. that picture, I had to shorten my dress by two inches. And my doctor who attended our wedding, let me walk down the aisle with no cast on. And then as soon as that was over, I had to put the cast back on and I did like a nice fingerless glove situation. <laughs> but anyone who knows me did, was not surprised by that now, story. Well, did you do English writing? Was that your thing? Yes. English? Yes, English saddle, hunter jumper. Um, you know, I I like to do crazy things, I guess. And so oh, I love that. That's the most. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the I don't know what the word is, but athletic. it's the most. It's well, it's beautiful as though is what I'm thinking. It's athletic, but it's yeah. beautiful. You know, I actually, uh, you know, I'm not here to talk about a girl I dated, but I've been married for 45 years. But I dated <laughs> I a girl who who did English writing. So that's how I, I went to a bunch of those horse shows. Yeah. So I would see that. And that was her thing, you know, English writing. So. 
It's, it's it very is. majestic, you it's know. Beautiful, and it's uh, anyone who rides knows that you know it's not just about you getting on a horse and the horse taking you. There's a real connection, and you work, you know, in in content concert, I guess, with the horse together. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I mean, obviously, I have a huge love for animals, as you mentioned, dogs as well, but. Um, it's just such a connection and people who ride get it and we get addicted to it and we always come back for more, even oh, if we break both of our restaurants. So right well, I mean, I had an accident, you know, I was at a, a summer camp and so I was on staff. So we would ride the horses for a show and I was not that good. So I got kicked off. Oh. Uh, and this is before I'd ever met my wife and I got not only kicked off, but I got kicked right oh. where it counts. So uh, fortunately, oh. I still have three grown kids, but it was an intense <laughs> thing. So yeah, I let, and then I went. I had taken horsemanship in in college and loved it. You know, so it mm -hmm. was beautiful. Well, talk about you and dogs. You know, you got something really going on with that. Oh well, thank you. Um, like I said, animals are have always been a passion of mine, and from the first dog I ever got, my parents kind of taught us way back when when it wasn't. Kind of a popular idea to rescue whenever i was in fifth grade my parents agreed after me begging them constantly that we could get a dog and they took us to the local animal shelter and i saw our dog pepper was my first dog's name and we rescued her and what a great lesson that was for me to understand that it wasn't just like go out to a, a fancy pet shop and buy a dog these are dogs who otherwise might not make it because you know there are roughly a million animals in the united states of america every year who are euthanized because they can't find good mm. homes um mm. and so it became something very dear to my heart um a long long time ago from uh, again some of my earliest memories and now i do anything i can to help animals i'm proud to say that while my father-in-law was president he passed um signed into law something that says that animal abuse is now a federal offense so wow. you actually have much more um harsh penalties if you abuse animals and shocking that it wasn't i i think that surprised a lot of people but thank you donald trump for, yeah. for making that happen um and for me i work with animal rescues as often as i can um the one that i just recently did an event for down here in florida big dog ranch rescue uh they're the largest cage-free no-kill dog shelter not just in america but in the world we got one of our dogs, Ben, from a great organization called Rescue Dogs Rock NYC um, up in New York. There are so many great shelters around the country. Um, and I just always want to be an advocate for people. If you're looking to get a dog, think about adoption because I can promise you these dogs know that they were rescued or cats. They know that you saved them and they are eternally grateful. And it will be some of the greatest love you will ever receive. So um, I so always true. like to shout them out. Yeah, so we we uh, we rescued a dog when the kids were very young, and my middle daughter, she I don't know, my, my wife would know the exact age, but anyway, we 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 moved this dog across the country. Rusty was his Aww. name, and we also uh, were taking care of a, a young woman who who had AIDS. She has since passed on, but she was a dog trainer. So my da daughter Danielle wanted to train dogs. She started training this mutt. Here comes Angel. The Yellow lab walking by oh, me. You won't see. It. Perfect. Great and timing. There you go. And so, she, <laughs> so she started training Rusty. Well, it kept growing until we went to she. She went to college for two years, and then she says, "This is not doing it for me." And so she wanted to learn to train dogs. So we sent her out to I think it was 
Uh, I'd say Minnesota are close to that. But then we then we sent her to New York, two different dog training schools. So she did wow. that. Very, very, very natural, talented. But uh, I, I don't maybe she wasn't the salesman. She didn't want to do it because, you know, drumming up the business. All so she went back and became a physical therapist. But uh, she finished up. Anyway, well, listen, let's talk about I read and I don't know how old the story was, but CBN had a story on you. Uh, and you said in that, in fact, here it is. You said, I pray for the president every night that he leads this country in the right direction. And I've said it so many times. Actually, on the campaign pain trail, I heard every single day, quote, we're praying for you. We're praying for your father-in-law. We're praying for your family. And I have to tell you, this is you still talking. I think that God had a huge role in this election, she said, Laura Trump said. Uh, talk about that. And, and the spiritual aspect of, of fighting that war and getting elected and talk about anything you want to say about your spiritual walk. Have you like, have you always been had a spiritual walk or what? Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, both of my parents were uh, very instrumental in that. I think you, you start learning that at a very young age and, you know, every night before bed, my brother and I would say prayers with my parents and that's sort of how it started. And then, you know, they took us to church and I did young life growing up and, really? and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So it's been, I mean, something that's always been a huge part of my life, but to go back to the the quotes that you just read there, uh, I still believe that. I still believe that, you know, God is in control of everything. And without a doubt, there is no other reason that Donald Trump, a businessman from New York, could have connected in the way he did with millions and millions of Americans, uh, become president of the United States, done the incredible things that he was actually able to achieve and do for the American people, despite all that he had uh, going against him. I mean, God has had to have a hand in all of it. And it, it's true. Everywhere I went on the campaign trail in 2016 and in 2020, people would constantly say that to me and they still come up to me and say it. And I can't tell you, Steve, how much that means wow. to all of us in our family. Um, and and I, I believe that God is still involved in this. And, you know, a lot of people were very frustrated, I think, with the outcome of the 2020 election. Oh, yeah. But oftentimes we don't know God's plan in our time and in the time we want to, to see it. He reveals it later. And, and I kind of am of the mind that perhaps this was all necessary to open yeah. people's eyes to the true spiritual warfare that is taking place in our country and in our world right now, because it's not just Republican versus Democrat or left versus right. It is right. good versus evil yeah. in so many respects. And I don't believe that we could have seen it all. And so many people could have been exposed to it had my father-in-law remained president as much as I wanted to see that happen. I do believe he'll be the nominee in 2024 for the Republican uh, side of the ticket. And I believe that he will be our 47th president of the United States. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But I believe God has had a hand in all of it. And, and now, speaking of, of praying and prayers, my husband and I have passed the tra tradition down to our kids as well. So every night before bed, uh, we say prayers with them. Wow. And it doesn't matter if we are not there you know, physically with them, they will FaceTime us. My mom comes and stays with our kids a lot. If Eric and I are both out of town 
And sometimes I have been giving speeches somewhere and I say, hold on a second, because my kids are FaceTiming me. Oh, and wow. He, and I, I say prayers with them because it's that important to us. You do it while you're speaking right there? Did you, that, are yes. you saying you do it while you're speaking? You stop. Sometimes I will stop if I'm giving a speech and say wow. a prayer with my kids. Oh my people, people, you know, people who the, the audience I'm speaking to, of course, really appreciates that because I think they're of the same mind that we need more of that. We need more spirituality. We need to bring God back into our lives and especially into the lives of our children right now. So good. You know, and I, I, what you spoke, I hadn't thought of this for a very long time, but I'm just going to tell you that all of, we prayed with all three kids all the way up through until they were so old or whatever. But, but Danielle, the dog one, she's, she's the middle one. She would, I always pray so sweet. She would pray. Uh, she would always include in her prayer and, and Jesus keep everybody's cat safe and keep everybody's oh. dog safe. And she was so my it's kids, like, my kids do that too. We found, I mean, so sad. We found like a dead bird outside of our house one day. And my, both of my kids prayed for like weeks after we found this dead bird, that the dead bird went to heaven. Wow. I'm like, oh, and, and I didn't prompt that. So that was a proud moment, of course, for me as a mom and an well, animal. Yeah. I mean, back when I was a kid, I didn't believe they're probably, they went to heaven, but now I do. Our pets are, and we got a bunch of pets in heaven. Wait, yes. I totally believe they go. Yeah. Um, what do I want to ask you? Um, you and President Trump both have feel strongly. I'm looking at the clock and make sure we fit this in. We both have a strong feeling about parent, parental right. And we the parents should be in charge of what the children are educated, especially as it relates to sexual things and stuff. They're, they're grooming our kids in school. I mean, tell talk about yourself and President Trump all together about what you what you feel like that we're going to be able to accomplish in the future once President Trump is back uh, regarding parental rights. Yeah. I mean, I think there's no other option. We have to we have to make this happen. It's for the future of America at this point. You know, I think back to when I was in school and I never knew what the sexual orientation was of my teachers. I never knew in many cases whether or not my teachers were even married other than writing, you know, the the female teachers names out because it didn't matter because that wasn't part of what we were supposed to be learning from our teachers. Our teachers were there to ensure that we could read, that we could write, that we could do math, that we understood science, that we had the basics down. That was the, the job. And it seems like it has morphed into this kind of sick space where it is all intermingled with sexuality and talking about numerous genders. And it's very confusing, I think, to children of any age whose brains are still developing, who can't fully comprehend all of this stuff, the only person who should ever be talking about these things with a child is that person, that, that child's parent. And, and that's just a bottom line. And I don't think there's any way anyone could truly argue differently. But you're right, it is a really frightening time for a lot of parents out there. And as a parent of kids who are in school right now, my kids three and five years old, are both in school. Now, of course, they're both pre-K and very young, but it doesn't, you know, phase me that this is something that they will have to deal with if we don't get a handle on it. And so my father-in-law has laid out a plan for parents to be in charge of what their kids are learning in schools. And you know what? I think it's going to be a very, very big thing for people as we head towards 2024 on which to vote, because you look at the governor's race in the state of Virginia, where Glenn Youngkin, a Republican, was mm. able to win in a pretty blue state, the state of Virginia, 
because of the parents and because the parents were sick of, of being told you have no right to know what your kid is learning, to be in charge of what your kid is learning in school. And the parents said, yes, we do. Uh, so it's something that I feel very strongly about as a mom myself. And quite frankly, as an American who wants to see our future generations love this country and not grow up totally confused and totally messed up. Um, and it's something my father-in-law feels very strongly about as well. So good. Um, I want to come back. You just mentioned your father-in-law. And of course, I want to ask you about what kind of father-in-law he is. But of course, you're going to say he's the best father-in-law. But my of question, course. so, <laughs> and, and I'm, I believe it is, I believe he is, but tell, tell us something or things that we would never know about what kind of father-in-law or uh, grandpa uh, that, that Donald J. Trump is? Well, I'll tell you a story from just today that happened, actually. Uh, so I was walking our dogs today, and we live on a golf course. And my father-in-law, unbeknownst to me, was was here to play golf. And I, I'm there I am walking my three dogs. I had just gotten back from the gym, so I'm in, like, gym clothes. And he's there, and he sees me walking the dogs, and he goes, Oh, I would love for you guys to to come for a few holes of golf with me. And I was like, well, I have the dogs. And he was like, I would love for them to come too. Oh, wow. You know? And for me, I was like, oh, yeah. And we have three dogs now. We have Charlie, Ben, and Tiger. Tiger used to be my mother-in-law's dog, who we have taken since she passed away last summer. Uh, so there I am on the golf course with my father-in-law and three dogs because he wow. just wanted to hang out with me. And you know what? It, it meant a lot to me um, that that he did that and that he said that in, the, in one of the dogs to come as well. Um, so that you're saying that, how do I say that? You, even though you know him so, so well after all these years, that still surprised you that he was willing to let you bring the dogs. Well, it was just funny because I, I was had no expectation of being out on a golf course at that time. And he was like, no, no, I want, I want to, you, to see you a little bit. Let's go. Wow. And I was like, well, that's nice. There's the um, shot. You, you know, you said we got that from your Facebook. So uh, yeah, those, those are the three dogs right there. Oh yeah. There we are. Yeah. That's earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have put that up there except it was on your public Facebook. So right, otherwise right. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, no. That's totally fine. But you know what? He's, I think he's like every grandparent out there. He wants to see his grandkids as much as possible. He actually asked me if, if the kids were home, if he could stop by the house when he got to the hole yeah. that our house is on. And I was like, no, they're in school. So he, you know, he, he wants to see them more than he does. He gets so excited whenever they're around. And it's funny because speaking of golf courses, you always know when the grandkids are around and he's golfing because they're all on his golf cart, like hanging <laughs> off the back, the sides That's and his hilarious. lap. Um, and it's his favorite thing. Of course, every grandparent yeah. feels the same way. I yeah. Think. Oh, I'm the same way. If I got, we have five now and you just, they're just so, such a <sighs> quiver is full of those, you know? So yeah. we, we had three and now it's, they've got, they've given us five. Oh. Talk for a minute about um, uh, President Trump's generosity. You know, I know he's never going to toot his own horn. He'll toot his own horn politically. He'll toot his own horn. If somebody, if he says someone came begging for money uh, for, um, for their campaign, so I gave. He'll say that, mm -hmm. but he doesn't talk about the private step. What can you tell us about his generosity? Well, I mean, I know that that no one wants to talk about it, but he, and I mean that, you know, of course, the mainstream media would never yeah. report this stuff. But if you go back to like the '80s and '90s in New York City and the surrounding areas, the stories of my father-in-law 
and his generosity for people. I mean, pe- some people he knew, some people worked for him and he knew they were in a tough spot. So it wasn't a loan. He would just give them the money they needed to, you know, pay off their mortgage or whatever it might be. Um, but I just mentioned actually on my show the other day, two stories. Um, one of them is that there was a, a, a kid's basketball team in the Bronx one year who he found out this basketball team was not going to be able to afford to play the next season to get themselves new uniforms and everything. So he just said, oh, of course, I'll sponsor your team for a couple of years. So they they got to play basketball and continue wow. their basketball team. He um, His uh, car broke down one time on the um, New Jersey Turnpike. And some person pulled over and helped him and didn't ask for anything, but he had the driver get their information. And he, without ever talking to them again, I don't think, paid off their house payments. Wow. And, and, you know what I mean? Oh. So those are the things you never hear about him. And he's very, very generous constantly, but he never wants anyone to hear about it. It is interesting because you're right, Steve. He's happy to talk about his political accomplishments and his business accomplishments. But for some reason, he doesn't want to toot his own horn when it comes to those. Um, But all you have to do is spend a little time around him to know his heart and know his generosity and know truly who he is. And the people who really know Donald Trump know those stories and, and know his true heart. Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's amazing. Um, let's see. What do I want to ask you? Um, look at my list here. There's so many things I cut out. So, and then I dropped Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, let's ask this last question. Uh, no, here's what it, here's the one I wanted to ask you. Who is it that Trump, President Trump, would love to run against? I've heard oh. people say, oh, he would love to run against, da-da. you know, he knows he's going to run against somebody. Who would he love to run against? To be, on, to be honest with you, my gut instinct is he would love to run against Hillary Clinton again, because wouldn't we want just another one for the books? Yeah. Another Trump v. Hillary, and let's do it one more time. Um, because that that win, I mean, I think for all patriots and all American-loving, freedom-loving people was such a huge victory. And I'll never forget the feeling that I had again on my anniversary yeah. when all of this went down, when and when he did the seemingly impossible, I think the New York Times gave him a two percent chance of winning that race, and yet there we were, all crammed together. Of course, in the one space where everybody seems to gather in every home, in my father-in-law's kitchen, um, in Trump Tower, it, there were like thirty people gathered around a tiny TV watching the results come in in the wee hours of the morning. And I mean, I get chills thinking about it because everyone said it could never happen and it did. So for me, I would love to see it. And I kind of get a hunch. He may love to go one more time against Hillary. Well, you know, I, frankly, I didn't tell you this, but I was hoping you would say Hillary. It's not that I (laughs) want to see her anymore. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I just want to see the torture factor. (laughs) It's just, it's just such a treat. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, listen, uh, that's our time, but I want you to talk about, um, oh man, let's see. Oh yeah, this one. I want you to talk about The Right View. Yes. Your show. Talk about your The Right View. Yeah. So I have a, a show. You can get it audio, video. It's called The Right View. You can go to therightview.com, you know, kind of a knock on The View, which is horrendous in every oh, possible no, no. way. This is The Right View. 
And, um, you know, we have a, a group of women who come on once a week. We call it Ladies Tea. We discuss the issues of the day. Um, I do a Q&A segment. If you want to submit questions, by the way, Steve, if you forgot anything, you could go to therightview.com oh, and you can enter a question in and I'll, I'll answer it in a future episode. Um, and then we always have a guest every week who is just an interesting person. Sometimes they're an athlete. Sometimes it's a politician. Um, so, you know what, we have a good time and we keep it light, but we really give it directly to the American people. Um, and they're obviously we are independent, so we can tell you the truth. We have no big corporate sponsors, you know, preventing us from doing it probably a lot like this show. Um, so it's a refreshing change, I think, from what you'll see out there. And, um, yeah, you can subscribe at the and join us. We'd love to have you. Well, Laura, thank you so much. It's been amazing. Yeah, really interesting. You know, next time, if we get you back, we'll ask you some more probing questions. But this is great. <laughs> I love this. This is my favorite thank kind you. of interview. So, oh, so good. Fun. I hope good, you enjoyed as much as I did. Well, God bless you. Thanks for coming on. A quick reminder that Johnny and I will be here on Monday. You all are watching this on Friday. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks again, Laura. God bless thank you. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.